Welcome to Bucks Insider Live. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. We're coming to you a day earlier than typical because we got a lot going on this week. Yeah. We got the schedule release tomorrow and we've got phase three workouts going on. And so we had a little bit of a conflict tomorrow morning, but we still wanted to bring you the show because there's still a lot going on, a lot to talk we about We want to right talk now. to you. Yes. And so first, as always now, our new tradition, if you've been watching the show lately, we're going to start with a trivia question which it was embarrassing because Scott wondered if it was too easy, and then I didn't know it. So we decided to use it. You so, got close. I got close. We'll go with that. I, it's unfortunate close doesn't count in trivia. So let's start with it. Tell us what our trivia question is. Okay, it is. Uh, well, I'll set the scene here. We announced earlier this week what jersey number each of the eight draft picks got, and for the first time ever, you're allowed to wear zero, and our third-round pick from Louisville, Yaya Diaby, chose to wear number zero. So he will be the first one to wear it once he gets into a game. So the only guy that's ever won zero, right? Mm -hmm. So here's the question. Yaya Diaby is set to become the only Buccaneer ever to wear jersey number zero in a game. What is the only other number that has only been worn by one player in franchise history? Such a great question. I love we'll this. We'll give so, you the answer at the end. Yes, we will give you the answer at the end, and we hope some of you guys get it right. If you know the answer or think you know the answer, leave it underneath our live Facebook video in the comments, and we'll try to show some of those correct answers later in the show if you're one of those people that knows it. So let's go on to our show. Uh, we got a new quarterback. Yeah. Tell me about this new guy we have signed. Well, we knew we were going to add at least one, and uh, and Jason Light had recently made it uh, uh, clear that it was going to be somebody that at least had some experience. So the player that they signed is John Wolford, who was with the Rams, a, basically a teammate with Baker Mayfield mm -hmm. for about a month last year. Um, he doesn't have a ton of starting experience, but he had got a little in 2020, and he started a, a few games last year. And this is what he's done so far in, in limited experience, but you see the games played. You see the record as a starter. That looks pretty good, 3-2. and two. It's a teeny bit misleading because he started a postseason game in 2020, but was knocked out of it pretty quickly, and then Jared Goff came back in and finished it and they won but to get there his very first start ever was the last game of that season and they had to win it in order to make the playoffs and Jared Goff was out due to injury so he made his first career start and led them to a victory and he was actually the first quarterback in his NFL debut to both pass for over 200 yards and rush for over 50 yards in a single game wow so it's a guy with a little bit of experience and and obviously probably has a bit of a relationship with Baker Mayfield too so which is nice now we have three quarterbacks you might see one more maybe after the rookie minicamp added because you often take four to training camp, but we needed to have at least three. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. All right, so now uh, next we also got to hear from some of our position coaches last week. We're going to hear from more today, so make sure you stay tuned to Buccaneers.com for those press conferences. But of the people who spoke last week, one of them was special teams coach Keith Armstrong, which also I love Keith. Whenever he talks, you always get some really good nuggets. He's a guy that is willing to tell you a lot. He's really passionate about what he does. He doesn't just kind of give this, well, we're going to take one game at a time. Mm -hmm. Like, he gives you a he lot you of detail. stuff. A lot of detail. He, I think he's like, you know what? We don't get talked about a lot on special teams. <laughs> so when I get my chance, we're going to talk about it. So what were some of the things that you uh, heard from him? Actually, the special teams coach is a great one to talk to when you're talking about the newcomers to the team because he's the one who gets them first. You know, a lot of these guys, like, say, a Servasio Dennis, uh, are probably going to play with him first on special teams before they're mixed into defense. But um, he ha actually had a lot of things that I found interesting, and uh, he had a few ways in which he thinks the Buccaneers will be better on special teams in the kicking game this year. One of them is our new kicker, Chase McLaughlin, was, is 17 of 21 in his career from beyond 50 yards, which is pretty amazing. I think you take 17 of 21, period, right? And uh, last year he was 83.3% overall, which was actually better than what we were last year. So if you have that long-range weapon, 
that we had. Ryan Suckup was great for the Buccaneers, great, especially in the Super Bowl year. Gave them exactly what they wanted, made all the gimmies. But as of late, it became clear the Buccaneers wanted that long-range weapon, right, that most teams have nowadays. <clears throat> now, Jake Camarda, on the other hand, was a rookie last year. Fourth-round draft pick, which is high for a punter, obviously. But he paid off exactly what they wanted. I mean, he, he was exactly what the Bucks expected. Talk about a long-range weapon, right? Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. He had a huge leg. He did really well. And he said, Coach Armstrong said, as the season went along, he did better and better at kicking, out, angle kicking, to get it outside the hashes like this. So you're sort of pinning them to the sideline. You're using, you're using the sideline as a defender. And uh, he says he thinks Jake is going to get even better than that better at that this year which will make him even more effective um, because he's getting used to the NFL because the hash marks in, in college are different than the NFL mm -hmm. and so you have to you know you're, you're aiming for a different spot in the NFL so if the, he gets better at that angling kicks towards the sideline on both sides then the Buccaneers uh, net punting will get better now it was already great look at these numbers for Jake last year Gross average of 48.8 was the best in team history and fifth in the NFL, 11th and second in team history in, in net average, and he hit an amazing 15 punts of over 60 yards. That's incredible. And only one guy, um, the Stonehouse guy for Tennessee, had more in the NFL last year. So he's already doing really well, but, but Keith Armstrong thinks he can do better. And I think the key to point out here is the difference in his ranking between gross and net. Right, that shows you right there that there's more return being allowed, and that's somewhat on the cover men, but also if he can angle those kicks better and have those guys pinned in, there'll be less return and the net will come closer to the gross. Selfishly, I want to see them do some fakes with him because he's such an athlete. That's right. He's so fast. He can run. He can really run. So like, I mean, I worked for the Rams when they had Johnny Hecker throwing it a lot because he played quarterback. But I feel like with Jake, it could be more of the running side. Yeah. I just, I really, I'm sure that part of it of not really doing it as much last year, he's a rookie, maybe you don't want to throw too much at him or something, but now I'm just like, I'm Remember really the hoping. play where it got botched and he had to run out to the side? I thought oh. he was going to run around the end and then he amazingly punted. That was one of the plays of the whole year. And to think about saying that about a punter, a punter <laughs> yeah. says a lot about Jake, which is amazing. All right, and now finally, again, we mentioned <clears throat> schedule coming out tomorrow. We are going to be doing a uh, show talking about it tomorrow night. So make sure you stay tuned to that right after the schedule is released. I believe at 8 p.m. There's going to be um, a show that we do to talk all about the Bucks. one. There's the NFL Network talking about the league at large, but then we're going to talk specifically about the Bucks schedule. So come back for that. For now, let's go ahead and talk about some of the uh, schedule guidelines, changes, things to keep in mind for this year. Yeah, there's some big differences and uh, there's a lot of them, to be honest with you. For one thing, Monday Night Football can now be flexed from week 13 on, which they didn't want to do before because people could have plans to go to games, to travel, buy tickets, and maybe you don't want to switch nights on them very often. But they're going to go ahead and do it now in order to try to get better matchups on Monday Night Football towards the end of the season. Um, all, all games now are free agents for the networks. And, you know, it used to be if it was determined mostly by whatever team was on the road. So mm -hmm. if it was an NFC team, it was Fox, and if it was an AFC team, it was CBS. That's That's gone away. So they they get to you know try to lobby for every game they can. So any game could be on any network this year. Um, you can now be on two Thursday night games when you sure used to be only one, right? Right. <laughs> but they're they're doing that also to get better matchups mm -hmm. on the Amazon series, and that means that teams are not guaranteed a primetime game because they used to use those Thursday night games to make sure everybody got at least one primetime game. Some teams will probably not get one. And then one of the really big ones is there's going to be a Black Friday game, so they're going to really 
the NFL is going to be all over your your TV that entire Thanksgiving weekend. Wow. Um, I think they already announced that this. That sounds amazing. <laughs> right? I think they already announced this morning that that one's going to be Dolphins versus Jets. They've announced that and they've announced the international games and we get the rest tomorrow night. And then you can have a maximum of six primetime games now. It could go up to seven because you can add, you can be flexed into another primetime right. game later on. But that's a lot of changes. That we'll see if any of it you know, matters to the Bucks or not. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. All right, well, we have an answer to our trivia question here. Noel says 63. Is he right? He is right. He's right. And I'll provide know. some context. Uh, you could logically figure this out a little bit if you know enough about Bucks history. So Leroy Summon was the very first player the Buccaneers ever drafted in the college draft in 1976, their first year. So he was the first one to get number 63. He wore it for about a decade. And then when he retired, they knew how important he was to the franchise. So he sort of unofficially retired his number, just didn't give it to anybody. And then when he went into the Hall of Fame in 95, they officially retired his number. So nobody's had a chance to wear sense. Look at that. What a great trivia question. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us on this edition of Bucks Insider Live. Again, tune in tomorrow night for our show, breaking down everything with the Bucks schedule. We'll see you then.